The reading this morning is Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. This is the word of the Lord. Well, it's great to be back. It's like putting an old boot on, really. You know, when, when you're walking, it's best putting your old walking boots on. They're the most, the most comfortable. Not that we're looking for comfort in life, but it's always a joy to be here. And, uh, yeah. So, um, we're here. The whole Viva staff team is here at the moment. Um, we have a new CEO, and we haven't been together since before COVID. And so, we just felt that it was really important to make that investment so that we can kind of reboot and re-gear for where we're going across the world and it's an exciting time. What we know is we want children to know life in all its fullness so that they can be safe, so that they will thrive and they will learn and that's our business, that's our business day in day out. My business at the moment is to work as hard as I can, not like all hours but as carefully as I can to try and secure future investment. The work that you saw on the screen, uh, the, the big part of the funding is, let's just say, transitioning as we go towards the end of the year. And so we're, we're looking to, to shore that up. Opportunities all over the place with the judiciary, with the police, with the education department. There's so much that's there uh, within the work that we do with Crane in Uganda. And, uh, and so that's, that's my work and effort and, and uh, we ask that you'd remember us and that God would open the hearts of all those who are reading those bids. But this morning I wanted to just bring some thoughts from this beautiful psalm, Psalm 84, which came to my mind about a month ago. I was doing a little bit of gardening back in Uganda and, um, and there's, uh, as you come out of the, the door to the house, just uh, tucked away here, almost like this. There's this little cove, and down at the bottom, I kept seeing a, 
I don't know if it's a sparrow, it had a red breast, it wasn't a robin, some sort of Ugandan sparrow, bobbing in and out, in and out, in and out. So I had a little peek under some fern, and there it is trying to make a nest. And I remembered this, this psalm, so I got it out and I read it, and I read it, and I read it, and it's just so beautiful that I thought, let me bring that image, because it also talks to me the security and the peace that we're looking for, that we only find in Christ, and that security and peace that we actually want every child world over to see. So, um, some thoughts from, from that. And as I share the thoughts, I want you to also imagine this. So, this is from the temple. I'm not a biblical scholar, but uh, that, you can imagine that temple or the tabernacle or whatever. And so it's describing that as this, this one place of great um, awe, great uh, holiness, a sacred place. And it says, how lovely is your dwelling place. I long, I yearn, I faint for the courts of the Lord. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. So here we are. Here is the beautiful altar which reminds us of the holiness of God and gratefully that we can approach the throne of grace with confidence. Um, Now take yourself, if you were watching the coronation, just take yourself back to those pictures. We have to, I just have to name it. One of our colleagues' mothers was there. <laughs> and I have a colleague's mother who went to the coronation. Wow. So I was imagining that, that that top altar where they had the crowns. Now imagine if a little sparrow had been popping up and down and maybe perching itself on the crown and the swallow had a nest underneath. I suspect from what we're told that the, the king would have said, you leave them, they're nesting, don't move the nest. But can you imagine how much they must have cleaned that abbey in advance? They, I mean, and they would have swept it, wouldn't they? They would have swept it for security and everything. I'm sure there wasn't a speck of dust, let alone the nest of a sparrow or a swallow. And so that's the image here that, in this beautiful place, this place of holiness, this place that represents the presence of God, there's birds. But why the sparrow and why the the swallow? Why not the eagle? The Bible talks a lot about eagles. Well, the sparrow's like, you know, it's the Dalit, isn't it, of the birds. It's the one that is world over, but it's the lowest of the low It's the weakest, it's not the smallest, but it's like to a penny. I can't remember my nursery rhyme, but I know there is one, isn't there, about... um, And and even in in the New Testament, it, it talks about the sparrows being two for a penny, or two for a coin, or whatever. So here are the most menial of the birds who can find their home and a place of safety and security in the presence of God. Isn't that wonderful? Now transfer that image of the bird to, to humans. 
who is the most menial, who is the smallest, the weakest, the cheapest, the, the one that we're like, oh gosh, they're not coming to church, are they? Do we really have to have them? I mean, they smell. When I was growing up, there was a family who came to the church and they would sit there and they smelt so bad that the rest of us would have to give them a wide berth. We tried everything. Air fresheners under the chairs and, you know, they are welcome in God's presence. They are welcome. So the smallest child... Some of these girls, you know, it's all fun. They will hide rather than go on the bus home. So they're out of the slums. Nobody's giving them much hope or opportunity. They might have dreams of being doctors or whatever, but will they get there? And yet to God, they are precious. So that's one of the things that I really want us to, um, to, to latch on to. That even the sparrow, even the smallest, the most menial uh, of, of individuals finds a place of safety. And the swallow, well, the swallows are just all over the place, aren't they? <laughs> I think the swallow is the bird that has ADHD. And it's, you know, it's never still. I think they're probably on the way over at the moment. When I left, they were still around. Uh, and I haven't seen them here yet. So I think they're on their flight up. You'll see them soon. And they're constantly on the move. They, f- they feed on the move, I think. Bird watchers will correct me, but I think they feed while they're on the move. And so even that one has actually just in the presence of God, in that place of peace, has settled down and has found a place to nest for her young. So how can that, be an image of what we're trying to do, what you're trying to do is here as a church in this community. There must be people who are sparrows and swallows. How do we reach them? And, and in our work, where are the spar- sparrows? Where are the swallows? How do we get them to a place where they can feel and sense the presence of Jesus? And that's one of the things I really pray we do in our everyday lives in our work, wherever we are. People, when they're in the city of London, my brother, my eldest brother's worked in the city since he was 18. He's very glad that COVID broke the pattern of having to go to London every day. And uh, sometimes he's like, oh gosh, I wish I was in a different job. I wish I didn't have to do this one. And yet he carries the presence of Jesus with him to those people he's working with. The first way he does that is by living with integrity. And by living, saying who he is, who he is in Christ, and what he values. So there's a a lesson for us. So that, for me, is very precious. Now, as you go down the verses, there's this stuff about the valley of Baca. I think in the modern-day versions, it does say the valley of weeping. And so here are these pilgrims. This is a psalm for the pilgrims as they're as they're walking towards the, um, the tabernacle. And they're going through these valleys. Psalm seven, uh, 23 talks about the valley of darkness. In those valleys of weeping, in those valleys of struggle, there's still joy. I found this very, inter- very interesting. Verse 7, it says, um, 
they go from strength to strength. So in this dry valley, there's place of springs, there's pools, and they go from strength to strength. Somewhere around, I think it was 2018, my youngest brother says, come on, sis, we're going to climb Kilimanjaro. Okay. And I climbed Kilimanjaro. I did the four days up, then one day to the summit, and allegedly two days down. And uh, by day four, when we were at base camp, I was in tears. I mean, I tried to get myself into enough shape to walk Kilimanjaro, but it doesn't help. And it was just so difficult. And then we climbed through the night. And if you've ever done it, honestly, they, they said at one point, there's a cave over there. It was so dark, you couldn't see it. There's a cave over there. I'm like, can I go there and just stay there? No, you, you can't stop for longer than two minutes. It's so cold. I'm like, I don't mind. <laughs> I'll just stay there. And they're like, don't step another pace over here because there's a cliff edge. I'm like, I don't mind stepping over, really. It's <laughs> I was so exhausted. Somehow I got to the summit and then when you're coming down, it's meant to be easy. I could take three steps before I was out of breath. Why didn't you tell us you had asthma? I said, I don't. <laughs> and suddenly they realized I had altitude sickness. So, shoom, down I go. Left all the others behind. So this image of going from strength to strength when you're on this massive long pilgrimage, I mean, that's just... That doesn't make sense, does it? You walkers, when you, you know, you do your best walk, how many can we do? 20 a day? With a pub in the middle to keep us going, maybe? So, that, that image that when we know where we're going, that's what gives us the energy. In the case of Killy, it was, I had to get to the summit. Because if I didn't, nobody would. It was all or, one, all or none. So I just kept going somehow. But this is the image that we're going to the place of God's presence. We're going into his courts. And the blessing for us as Jesus followers, we can do that anywhere, anytime, all the time. It's only for us to turn and face him. So that, is a, a beautiful image for us. And again, I take that for the children we're working with. This John 10.10, 10, that we may have life and have it in all its fullness. So what is all its fullness for you this morning? Is it being in the fields in a quiet moment? But you can do that without Jesus. As we were coming in, there's activities all over the place this Sunday morning. Boot fairs, cricket, all sorts. They're out doing what they want. But if they're not with Jesus, then they're not in that place of peace. So how do we help people to find that place of peace and safety in Jesus? So that as the psalmist we express... Verse 10, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. It's better to be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. 
I bet Bev, who went to the coronation, is saying that. She was at the back, on the side, but she was there when they all came in and she was there when they all went out. I bet she would be saying, oh yeah, I'd rather do that again than a thousand days anywhere else. And this is just the king, right? With this amazing stuff that goes on all around him. He's just the king of the United Kingdom. And we're going to go and be with the king of kings. And we're going to look at all of that beauty and that magnificence that goes all around him. Well, I just want to kind of, if you've ever been to Africa, you know that normally when you're in a village or a school, the kids will suddenly come up and they all grab you, partly because of the colour of your skin. They all grab you and off you walk with not one hanging per finger, but, you know, about 40 or 50 and off you go, the whole crowd. That's what I want to do. I want to take the whole crowd with me into the presence of Jesus. And so they're just the thoughts that I I wanted to share. As you think about the children in Uganda or in many other places around the world or the children in this village who they will be struggling, some of them in their own way. How do we help them to know safety, to be thriving, and learning about Jesus. That's our mission. So that, so that we bring them into that place of Psalm 84. Let me pray. Father, I just want to thank you that you've given us this privilege of being in your courts all the time. We can't imagine what it was like to even sit in the abbey on coronation day. Uh, but here you invite us to walk with you every day. And one day... We will be with you forever in something that's a million trillion times better than that Abbey was on that coronation day. Thank you so much. Please give us the wisdom and the grace and the love to bring as many as possible with us, hanging on as we hang on to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.